Welcome to the Gold Circle, Australia's number one netball podcast. I'm your host, Nick Bleeker, and with me, as always, is Luke Top. Hello! By Skype today. Uh, the, uh, the The reason why we're recording this so late, um, while the actual next round is currently being played, um, is because I'm currently working on a, a theatre show at the moment, and my schedule has just completely uh, thrown me off doing anything other than focusing on that. So, sincerest apologies for not having an episode for you when we usually do. But we're going to do sort of like a backtrack episode. We're going to focus on round 11. Um, and then uh, on Tuesday next week, uh, we'll be doing round 12 as well. So, Luke, let's get down to it. We're going to talk round 11. So let's start with the New South Wales Swifts beating the West Coast Fever 50 to 48. Um, yeah. This is a really entertaining game, actually. Uh, I th- I, I, my big takeaway from it was that I legitimately thought the, the Fever were going to win it. Um, they look yeah. so. They look red hot in the second and third Jeff quarters. Anthes, oh my god! Mm, oh, absolutely. She. It, this, I think maybe the fever at this point are sort of like the Swifts, where their youth is sort of just taking that time to develop and uh, get better at the game, really. And they just can't really find themselves closing out games. Now, I know that most of their results this year don't really reflect that sort of progression, but I feel like. The fever after watching this, especially giving the, the Swifts a run for their money, and I actually thought that, that, that they were going to win. Um, uh, I, yeah, I just I, f- I feel like that the fever could be quite formidable going into the future. Um, yeah, the uh, Kaylee Stanton, um, she had a she shot thirty three out of forty three shots. It's a, not not a bad clip. I, and Medhurst, I think she's starting to facilitate. You know, still doing the facilitation. I think she could probably put up a couple more shots rather than just fifteen out of eighteen. Like I think yeah. I'd prefer to see Medhurst putting up, you know, twenty two to twenty three shots. Like just an extra five shots. Take away some of the burden from Stanton if she's not really feeling that rhythm. Yeah. Um. And and Helen Housby as well, uh, you know, she shot uh, she shot a little less in terms of volume. A- again, th- you know, the, the Swifts won, so there's not really much to um, to to take away from from the performance. But I feel like you could probably like the, the key to the Swifts' success, well, or keeping up with some of the the better teams was that they were able to split that sort of um, the, the the shooting workload um, between Housby and Wallace, and Wallace sort of bared the burden of that quite significantly um, yeah. here without, you know, shooting 35 out of 39 shots. Um, the only thing I would say is, did you see the deflection count for Maddie Turner? Surely that's a misprint. Surely that it can't be correct. I... I 11 deflections. I, yeah. <laughs> that would be like the single most deflections in an entire game, surely. It, it's... I thought the same, like when we brought up the stats just early this morning, I, I was like, I'm not really sure. Like, that's yeah. that's a significant impact on the game. Um, well, I mean, Karen Bow, I think were really good with the, they had like five intercepts between the two of them and 16 deflections. That, um, yeah, that's, yeah, and, and, that's- and Sophie Halpin as well had five deflections as well. So that's, yeah. the, the Swifts were either just on a, de- this weird defensive like, <laughs> like I don't know, road truck or something. But um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. What, what sort of let the fever down for you in this? Obviously, the fourth quarter looks pretty bad. The Swifts won at 16-9. to nine. Um, But it's it's a two-point loss. Hey, is there something... The thing I think with the fever that they kind of have problems with is they're kind of like massively patchy. Like they have these moments where everything works and everything like everything works and they get it and the offense is rolling um, and everything's perfect. You know, that's probably the second and third quarters. Um, and then the defense like shifts and goes, oh, okay, I know what you're doing now. Um, I'm going to stop that. And they don't really have a plan B. Like, it's kind of like, this is our plan A, and then Medhurst kind of freaks out and then just starts doing a lot more feeding role, and then there's a lot more pressure on Stanton, and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> it's it's kind of weird, because obviously in the fourth, they just got, like, annihilated. Um, but, yeah, for me, that's kind of their biggest problem, is there's kind of... You know, they bring, they change it up and they bring it to a, a good level and they everything starts flowing. And then, you know, the defense throws this banner in the works and they just can't change it up and they can't just get over that hump. They just get stuck and they get congested. And, you know, like the offense starts to slow down and then you have turnovers and then, you know, Stetton's a bit shaky on shooting and Medhurst stops shooting. It just, it just becomes a bit of a free-for-all. I think. Uh, do you, Do you think that sort of comes down to to coachy, coaching adjustments? Like uh, Stacey Marinkovic doesn't. Uh, is it Is it her lack of sort of changing up on on defense and sort of making those significant adjustments where they need to? Um, or do you think it's more the players just not having the experience to sort of actively I think, adjust? I think it's. I think it's the players' experience. I think she, like any coach, would be able to look at that and go, "Okay." Um, you know, they're beating us on certain things. Um, you know, we need to sort of adjust. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think it's all the coaches' fault. I just think you look at Collier and um, Stanton, and this is really their first season of regular games. Like, um, that's a lot of inexperience, you know, when you compare it to some of the other teams um, and what sort of experience they have. Um yeah, I mean, I feel I feel bad for them because, as you said earlier, they get so close, and you just like like if you I I could have easily walked away at the third quarter and been like, oh yeah, they're going to win, like you know they look yeah. so in tune, and that's the thing is when they are just like killing, doing really well, they look really good, and then they just can't hold on to it; it just gets away from them. Do you, Do you think like obviously you know it's a loss um, to it's a two point loss to the Swift. So it's, you know, it's not anywhere near a win, but in terms of just where this team sits moving forward, um, do you sort of stick with this lineup? I know that we're sort of coming to the tail end of the season and perhaps it's, it's better to probably talk about this once the season's over. But, um, if you're the fever management, do you stick with this team moving into the next couple of years, given that you sort of got a decent mix of young, of young players, but also veterans as well. And, uh, having, you know, Verity Charles, Medhurst and, and Beveridge as well? Well, I think the interesting thing is, is they actually attempted um, four more goals. So the Fever actually had an opportunity to shoot four more goals than the Swifts did. Um, to me, 
that means that, you know, if you get a shooter who can easily shoot, and in this competition you have to, um, you know, like the top teams are shooting 90% and above. Um, if Stanton was shooting 90% and Medhurst was, you know, back on a lazy 83, um, they would have won this game. Yeah. So it it makes it, you know, to me, I think it's pretty obvious. I think Ingrid Collier, I've sort of given her a bit of slack, you know, um, I've been a bit harsh because she's a bit short, but I, I think she's actually doing an okay job. Um, and I think Jess Anstice with Francis and Bruce, like that is that is a very good defensive end. And I think that sort of, to me, shows quite often that, they are really good defensively. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, they really need to sort out, you know, if they can get a solid goal shooter um, and not sort of a second tier one, then they can definitely have a lot better season next year. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to talk the uh, Melbourne Vixens beating the Queensland Firebirds 66 to 55. Um, mm-hmm. The Vixens are just rolling again. <laughs> They're. We, we were talking last week about how they're they're the surefire. They've got to be. Yeah, there's no other way that. I, yeah, I, there's no other reason to see any other team beating them at this point. They're just that good. Um, uh, Kumwender and Tegan Phillip uh, shooting. I think sort of a lower shooting percentage uh, than normal. Kumwender had a ninety-one percent, um, and yeah. and Phillip as well shooting eighty-five, but still really significant. Um, shooting clips for the Vixens. I think um, Aiken sort of had her relatively low, 79%, but Tippett had 64, 9 out of 14 shots. And Lati Miafau also had um, 100% shooting on sort of a small volume of shots. But um, Luke, yeah. the, the Firebirds play the Vixens pretty well in the, in the first quarter, but then um, the Vixens just sort of ran away with it. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, like there's really not much more you can say, I think. Um, Weston and Mannix were just ridiculously good um, against, you know, arguably probably one of the best um, goal shooters in the competition. Probably Kamwenda's probably number one now, I guess. But yeah. um, And, you know, Thwaites. But, yeah, maybe third best. <laughs> um, yeah, and just Romelda Aiken, just the shooting stats. Admittedly, she had eight rebounds, but still... Um, yeah, just really low. And I think Mannix and Weston were just ridiculous. And they especially frustrated the crap out of Tippett, who bloody pushed over um, Weston just before the uh, halftime break. I think I think that was kind of reflective. I think the Firebirds were pushing, but I felt like the Vixens, they were kind of, they didn't really move out of, like, third gear. Like, I know that's a horrible thing to say, but... Um, yeah, I felt like they were just on cruise control, and and I felt like they didn't feel like the Firebirds could worry them really that much as well. Like they just didn't seem bothered. Um, I feel like which, the, the game plan for the Vixens would have been just like just play like normal. The the adjustments that there's obviously adjustments that you need to make for you know particular players like Aitken and, and Tippett, and yeah. just sort of how unorthodox their sort of attacking is. But I feel like. Simone McKinnon is the coach. She just sort of would be sitting there and going, all right, girls, like this is like, obviously the fibers aren't something to scoff at, but yeah. also if you just play like you normally do and, and disrupt that sort of attacking circle, you win. 
and it's and it's you go into onto that court with that sort of confidence and you become unbeatable. Yeah. Um, I think I think the other thing though is with um, Aitken is the vast majority of the work to prevent Aitken from being effective actually happens in the midcourt and the sort of defensive end. Um, it's really about sort of stopping that easy high ball into her. So I think a lot of that work, um, you know, by the time it gets to Romelda, you know, your opportunity to stop the goal is kind of already gone. So I think they did such a good job, um, like Watson especially um, and Maloney in the midcourt of just like stopping sort of the easy balls and um, not allowing them that flow sort of offense. Yeah. Um, and I think the re- one of the reasons they probably brought Tippett on at wing attack is just because they didn't have that easy pass in. Um, I actually really liked Mia for her sort of stint. Um, I really love her drive. Like, I feel like her and Romelda are a lot more comfortable in the circle and it gives them, like I think for the feeders as well, it sort of gives them a lot more confidence to sort of work that ball up because they know that there's two shooters that can shoot the ball, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I think Tippett, you know, she can shoot, but for whatever reason, I don't think this season she's sort of shown off her versatility in being like sort of a decent volume shooter. Um, you know, you look at Kamwenda and Phillip and the way they interact, and I think moving forward maybe for next season, um, the Firebirds – um, need to look at that sort of second unit in the fact that, you know, Aitken can shoot, you know, the vast majority of the goals, but they really need to have someone sort of when she is missing or if she has an off day that can shoot 30 or 40 yeah. um, and sort of split the load a bit more. Yeah, because I feel like that, like you said, that there is sort of that there is that sort of split. I think Kumwenda and Philip. We were talking, you know, in the previous game, the Swifts and Fever. How um, Medhurst, we'd prefer her to shoot those sort of twenty to twenty-three shots. Uh, Kumwenda and Philip are splitting that nicely. Kumwenda has forty-seven total shots, and Philip has twenty-seven. So yeah. there's that's a decent sort of way for Kumwenda to be like, okay, I'm starting to get tired, and I can rely on you know Philip to get that sort of you know like what is it like eighty-three percent or however much, however whatever the percentage is. Um, yeah of shots that we need to sort of keep us afloat. Um, and I feel like you look at the Firebirds and that Aiken, she has the 42 out of 53, um, but then Tippett has 9 out of 14, when she probably realistically should be taking 18 to 20 or 22 shots, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And getting that sort of 18 out of 22, you know, sort of shooting clip. Otherwise, it's just, you're relying on Aiken too much and she does get really tired and then she starts missing shots and then it starts getting into her head as we've, you know, we've seen in the past. Um, yeah, I'm not really. I'm not really sure. Um, there's obviously been a bit of hype about her having sort of the wobbles this season due to um, winning last season. I don't really understand that. They won last season. Like you would think, you take a lot of confidence into this season, especially shooting, and just let it go. Like, so yeah, I, I'm not really sure moving forward how that's going to work. Mm. I thought, did you? What did you think of um, Kimberly Jenner coming on at GD and Kate Shimon in GK? Um, I, I, look, I didn't mind it. I feel like, um, 
Rosie Jenke, I think she, she played pretty much. She played everyone actually. Um, yeah. She the entire team sort of got into that rotation, and I feel like she's just experimenting at this point because it looks like the Firebirds won't won't be making finals, um, yeah. barring a miracle. Uh, in saying that, um, Kim Jenner, I think having her on is good. You get sort of she had some flashes there. Um, her penalty count was a bit high, uh, considering, but um, I feel like it's probably better at this point to start getting her those sort of reps um, on the court um, and, and sort of seeing if she can um, pl- play like play out Clemesha out of her position, really, and have Clemesha come on from the bench. Um, obviously, you know, Clemesha isn't lighting the world on fire. She's had a couple of good games this season, but um, I feel like I, I do like the Shimon and Jenna combo in GD and GK. I feel like um, you, I think you might, I think you do lose a bit of height. Um, yeah. With Shimon in GK, but she has a, an incredible ability to block and deflect shots, um, no matter what. Uh, she's, I think, she might be one of the best shot blockers in the competition. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, I, I'm I'm glad that they're getting those sort of runs. But at this point, I feel like it's just Jenky going, okay, look, this isn't really going as well as I thought. I'm going to start just rotating players um, and just seeing if something works. Um, yeah. Like we were saying with Dan Ryan and the Thunderbirds, how he needs to start rotating out players, and he started doing that, and it hasn't really helped. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you know what? I, I think going into next week for the Firebirds, I'd be very uh, well. Sorry, going into today, I should say, um, Jenna and Shimon at GK and GD starting. I, I'd like to see that and see how Jenna can handle, uh, you know, a full game. A full yeah. game. Exactly. I think you know, coming on halfway through a game. Um, you know, you're kind of really hitting the ground running. Like it's, like it's, it's a big, it's a big ask. Um, and I think if she was given a full game to sort of blend, and they could, you know, find some consistency yeah. moving forward next season, it potentially could be a good mix. I'm not sure though, because um, I, I think, you know, for the Firebirds, um, and I guess we'll talk about, you know, in the season wrap. But I think for them, maybe they need. You know, like Shimon was a good pickup, but I think they really need sort of like a star goalkeeper, really. Yeah. Um, to sort of keep that flow going. Mm. Pray that um, that Laura Geitz comes back. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to move on to the uh, Magpies uh, and the Sunshine Coast Lightning Lightning beating the Magpies fifty six to forty nine. Um, Party, excellent. Uh, this one, ah um, oh, man, uh, the Lightning, the Lightning played. Decently for the most part um, until I, they sort of put their foot to the floor in the second quarter. Um, I feel like um, Thwaites is, I think this was Thwaites' worst shooting night or all season. Um, they really put the pressure on her. Um, she only shot 80% at 33 out of 41 shots. Um, Teague Neald actually had a pretty decent night, um, 88% off nine shots. Um, but that, I think it was just that defense uh, from Mostert Langman and Mentor um, just smothered them. Um, uh, that I think they had 13 deflections between three of them, Langman, Mostert, and Mentor. Um, I think Langman having her in wing D and sort of Sherry and controlling that center and feeling Sherry looked a lot more comfortable this week in center. She didn't look a bit too bamboozled, sort of running up and down. I, I feel like she was playing a much more controlled game and having Langman there to support her defensively and show up, I, I guess, for, for lack of a better word, um, to, to drive that ball. Um, back up to the attacking end for the Lightning was really effective. Um, Langman just put the, the vice on 
on Robinson um, really yeah. uh, showed, you know, who probably, you know, like who, who who's boss. Um, I just, I can't get over how solid that lightning defense is. <laughs> um, I, I want to talk less about Bassett and Wood because they had, you know, really good, really, really solid games. Bassett shot 100%. Um, and, and would 82%. So f- for the most part, they've got to be pleased on the attacking end. But I feel like we need to to continue to sing the praises for, for Mostert and Mentor, um, and Mentor especially, who limited her penalties to 16 with six deflections, one turnover, two intercepts, and two rebounds. Um, that's that's a that's a stat stuffer. Like, that's just an incredible stat line. Yeah. Um, whereas you compare Leighton, who had four intercepts and and nine deflections, but with twenty five penalties, um, yeah, th- that's a considerable difference in terms of um, uh, in terms of penalty share. So, um, I feel like f- for me, um, obviously the 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 defense showed up and, and locked down that attacking for the Magpies, and I feel like once once Swates was missing shots, um, the game felt over. Yeah, basically. I mean, it's. I feel bad for her because there's so much pressure. Like, yeah. um, she has so much pressure that she basically has to shoot pretty much the whole game out. Um, I, again, I don't. I don't understand. I really don't understand this lineup. Um, you know, you've got Shay Brown, who is a considerably, you know, great center who has sort of spent most of the season on the bench. Um, and they could have picked up, you know, like a Steph Wood or, or someone like that instead of Shea Brown. And it's just, I, I really don't know what they were thinking because that, that goal attack position, um, it just puts not having a quality goal attack really just kind of puts a lot of pressure on Maddie Robinson and it puts a lot of pressure on Thwaites. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. I guess next season they can sort of review it, but I'm not really sure what they were thinking with that. Um, yeah, and again, Kim Ravi's getting benched as well. Um, yeah, she's again, she's again, she's one of those sort of players this season, especially on this Magpie squad, that just doesn't really seem to be fitting in one hundred percent. I think she has those flashes of of Ravi controlling that center, but at yeah. this point, if they're if you know if they're going to sub Ravi out for Shea Brown, and this is not an indictment on Shea Brown as well, by the way, because Shea Brown actually is an, an extremely oh, she- Player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you've got the starting center for the diamonds, you continue to, to start her. Um, yeah. I just feel like, like you said, that, that pressure on Thwaites and Robinson because of the the lack of a solid GA is really it really hurts the Magpies in terms of just ensuring that they're going to win games. Yeah, um, and it also puts pressure on Ravi as well because it it makes it look like Ravi isn't controlling and supporting that sort of push onto the attack. So. Um, I don't know, Langy just, I thought she'd find form, um, and she just hasn't. And, and Teague Neal, you know, to her credit, she did shoot really well, but only nine shots. Um, yep. if, if you're feeling it that much, then you need to be bombing more shots. And if it's clear that Thwaites is struggling, because she shot 80% and she had five rebounds, you know, seven penalties and five turnovers, it's just, it's it's probably her worst stat line this season. I feel like, you need to be able to recognize that and start looking for other options where we, like we were saying earlier in the season, instead of looking for the GA and Langy and Teague Neal, you need to just pass it into Thwaites every single time. When Thwaites has a bad night and all players have a bad night, then it's need, you need to start looking to the young guys and say, look, we, you know, we believe in you start making those shots, start taking those shots. Um, yeah. And I feel like there's just not a, a, 
a whole lot of trust between the entire squad. Um, no. uh, and I'm not looking to, to conjure any sort of bad blood or anything like that. They're just, there's just no chemistry. And I know we talk about this all the time, but the Vixens are like obviously peak chemistry. Um, yeah. and, and there's not any of that with the Magpies at all. Um, I feel yeah. like there's just yeah, sort of... Yeah. The Lightning are also kind of peak chemistry as well. They yeah. have some good connections. Um, but for me... Um, it just doesn't work. Like the yeah. Magpies, I think this season, for whatever reason, at the moment, it's just not working. It's such a confounding thing to watch because this is this team on paper is is a guaranteed title contender slash winner. Yeah, um, I mean, I remember, you remember the start of the season, we were like, this is ridiculous. It's yeah. Just be, you know. Yeah. And just, there's just nothing that's lighting the world on fire for me for watching this team. I, I'm just like, what What are the struggles? Like, what, what's missing? Um, and yeah. obviously, it's quite clear that the GA is the, the sort of the, the sore spot for these, for yeah. these guys. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just... I almost think as well, it's almost... Um, like career damaging for like Branley and you know Kim Raz. I, I think both of them probably underestimated you know what program they were leaving, yeah, um, and what benefits that program had to their overall career. And I and to be honest, I mean, if I was Kimmy Rav, I'd probably go back to the Firebirds and be like, my bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess they have the whole off season to sort of work it out, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to write them off just yet. You know, they're, they're pretty much guaranteed a finals berth, which is which is great. Um, but uh, also, I feel like when you go up against the Giants, Lightning, and Vixens, there's not a whole lot going your way. And I feel like before we move on to the last game, um, you know, we were saying in the preseason show months ago that this sort of team, while it's incredible to look at on paper it also makes other teams go this is the team we will beat um yeah. and makes teams focus on ensuring that they beat you and i feel like that's sort of what's happening with a lot of the other teams that are playing them as a little basketball reference it may, may it reminds me of lonzo next year when he gets drafted he's gonna get his ass handed to him yeah, because people want to yeah. because of his idiotic dad and I mean, yeah, for yeah. background there's this this player on the up and up uh, for the NBA, he's going to get selected high in the draft, but his dad's a real jerk and he keeps promoting all this other stuff and it's probably going to paint a massive target on his back to, for him to perform. <laughs> so, um, you know, good luck to Lonzo Ball. All right, we're, we're going to move on to the uh, to the uh, final game of round 11, which was the Adelaide Thunderbirds and the Giants. Um, really close game um, from these two, 49 to 47, the Giants taking the W over the Thunderbirds. Mm-hmm. Um Man, this was this was actually a really great game to watch, but also yeah, this was probably I I think probably one of the games of the week. Absolutely, um, we actually got to see Chrissy Bryce, um, who had a wonderful wonderful shooting line, and I figured that would be the case when things started to look awry. Julie Fitzgerald goes, "Hey, remember that we've got like a seven foot shooter," <laughs> and then busts her out, and Chrissy Bryce is like, "Yep." Um, but even then. I, the Thunderbirds look really, really good. Aaron Bell had a, a scorching hot shooting game. 21 shots and 95% shooting. She only missed one shot. Um, and, 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 and Sasha Glasgow as well, 27 out of 35. A bit low. Um, and it sort of could, you know, could have been the difference um, because the penalties and turnovers for both of these teams were equal, 69 and 31. So 
for me, it comes down to, to shooting that uh, cost the Thunderbirds, yeah. um, this one, unfortunately. But in saying that, this this was a great game from yeah. from Adelaide. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was so good. Um, I can't believe that, um, like, where has Bell been hiding this form for, like, however long? <laughs> if, if Bell had this form all season, I reckon the Thunderbirds would be two or three wins up in the column. Yeah. Absolutely, and I thought Chelsea Pittman was awesome. Renee Ingalls, ridiculous. Um, she, she, I'm so excited for her to play a full season next season. I yeah. hope she plays a full season. Um, you know, she probably, it's going to be a tight race for wing defence, I think, for the Diamond squad, but she surely, you know, has cemented some sort of um, invite to that. Um, I really like Theme and... and um, uh, is how do you pronounce oh, it? Am Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, I really like those two together. Um, I thought they were really effective. They've been effective for a while now, but I like the fact that he's kind of sort of set lineups a bit, and he's not like obviously Jade Clark was the only interchange member I think yes. for the whole sort of uh, game. But I really like that he's kind of setting lineups, um, and yeah, and it. And it's kind of working, especially in that defensive end. Obviously, on the um, sort of attack end, it's still sort of a constantly moving thing. But um, yeah, no, I, I thought they did really well. Um, you know, I, compared to who they're playing against. Well, I mean, you look at the difference in in penalties for the defense for the Thunderbirds. Thiemann had seventeen, and Agbuizi had nine, compared to Bully and Pullman sharing thirteen and fourteen, respectively. Um, yeah. Limiting the penalties really helped that defensive push that um, the Thunderbirds had. Pettit only shot nine, uh, se- uh, seven out of nine, and Harton as well with the sort of lower shooting clip at 23 out of 29 shots made yeah. as well. So I feel like um, shooting did let with the Giants down um, quite a bit. Obviously, they, you know, they, they got the W, but still... Um, the, they did use the death lineup. They did. We did talk about, yeah, we did talk about last week if they would use the death lineup. And I thought it was like, it's going to take... I think a bit of time, but I think now's the perfect time to sort of get it flowing. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And I really think for them, it's kind of the only option they have um, to sort of fill that slot because it really, you know, Pettit's such a good, I remember it was at the ANZ champ. She sort of led the competition in um, center pass received. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least the goal attacks for center pass received. Yeah. She, you know, she knows how to sort of feed and, you know, sort of command the circle a bit. So I think that's that's the way to go, really. Yeah, I think, like, if I'm the Thunderbirds, you know, we say this week to week, and I feel like I'm a broken record, but this this is sort of one of those moral victories for them. Um, taking the Giants to the brink is is it's a, it's a considerable effort, and they put it in and they showed up, I think. Um, for, for me... If I'm if I'm Dan Ryan, I, I maybe stick with this lineup and, and pray like all hell that Aaron Bell actually shows up every week. Um, and yeah. if Aaron Bell's able to show up with that confidence every week and actually can make that shooting clip of ninety five percent, I think Sasha Glasgow becomes a better shooter. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. In, you, you sort of look. You know, the way I kind of look at it is, you know, this is really positive for the Thunderbirds. I think if they're able. Um, to get a solid shooter. Um, you know, you think about if Joe Harton was playing for the Thunderbirds, 
and it was Pettit in goal attack um, and Davies in wing attack, I would probably say they might win um, because it just having sort of a higher caliber shooter, being able to sort of um, week in, week out, be a solid con- you know, contribution, I think it would just do them wonders. So, I mean, if, if I was them, I'd be looking at this really positively because you could pretty much start everyone else and just get a new shooter and you would be pretty right. Yeah. So, I don't know. This is, yeah, I would have honestly preferred the Thunderbirds to, to get that W, especially from a team like this. Yeah. Um, because you want to see those sort of victories um, where, you know, it's clear that they're, they're trying to work hard and Dan Ryan and the, and the team is working hard to, to get those wins for the t- for, for Adelaide, but they obviously yeah. can't just execute down the stretch. So I feel like, yeah, I would have preferred to see the Thunderbirds win this one, but, you know, obviously, um, you know, you can't have everything. So I think moving forward, this is a positive um, push for, for Adelaide moving forward at least, so... Yeah. Yeah. All right. We um we're done for this week. We're going to do uh, our round twelve predictions, barring the lightning and fever, because that game has already taken place. Um, the uh, the lightning beating the fever sixty four to fifty, but we'll get to that on Tuesday. Um, we okay. So look, who we got? Uh, Magpies and the Swifts. Magpies are playing at home. Um, I'm going to say the Swifts morally. I hope they kick their butt. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm actually going to go with the Swifts for this one. Um, I, I know the Magpies are playing at home, but I feel like that attacking end for the Swifts is really going to make things rough for the Magpies, especially with Rob Wright's body-on-body defense. Um, this uh, The Swifts could actually give the Magpies a good run slash uh, a loss. So uh, we've got the Firebirds and yep. the Thunderbirds. Uh, Firebirds playing at home. Um, I'm going to say Firebirds. Yeah, I think the Firebirds have got this one. Um, this one is a critical win. If they lose this, I'd be very surprised. But uh, if they lose this, I would pretty much count them out for any sort of finals um, contention, at least, anyway. Um, and then we've got the uh, the big one, actually, for this weekend, the Giants and the Vixens. The Giants are playing at home. Um, ooh. Uh, I'm going to be controversial, and I'm going to say Giants. Uh, sorry, Vixens. Whoa. Okay, so you're going to go Vixens? Yep. All right, I'm going to go Giants. Um, I'm hoping that Julie Fitzgerald plays the death lineup. Because uh, if that's the case, then I feel like the Giants might have the edge, but I they really need to lock in defensively, um, especially Beckbull and and Sam Pullman. So say that, but I don't know. I just I don't see the Vixens losing their their sort of their flow. I just don't. Yeah, yeah. At this point, I'd be very surprised if they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, mm, yeah. No, I'll stick with the Vixens. All right, and I got I got the Giants. All right, we're done for this week i guess <laughs> as, as as late as it is um so we'll be back on tuesday with a fresh episode so you'll only have like two or three days before um to to watch your netball and, and get into it but um as always you can get us on itunes searching the goal circle um and email at the uh, the goal at gmail.com oh and twitter as well at the goal circle we don't use it but if you want to tweet at us go for it because we'll probably check it in the next 18 months or something <laughs> happy mother's day to everyone yes happy mother's day uh have a wonderful day um with uh with your family and and friends are you doing anything for mother's day tomorrow luke um i'm actually doing it today i'm going oh. to lunch today which will be awesome where are you um, going viale ah you know, nice place. yeah delicious beautiful yeah wonderful uh, food in brisbane by the way everyone yeah get up on it <laughs> yeah um 
Yeah, I'm going out. Uh, Mum, my parents are coming down uh, tomorrow, and we're going out to get mm. burgers because I think Mum needs oh, burgers. Well, so, are you on, going Mom. to burgers or no? We're going to Brewmasters in Grange. Ooh, Apparently, yeah. it's really good. Yeah, no, that is good. Yes, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, guys. Um, have a have a wonderful Mother's Day. Have a wonderful weekend. Um, we'll catch you in the next couple of days. Uh, talking round twelve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.